Hello, and welcome back to the Spokane Public Schools Podcast Network. I'm Allie Barrera from the District's Communications Department. Today, we're continuing our conversation series with several of the district's in-school mental health therapists. Be sure to check out our first episode with Jenny Keenan, who's a therapist at Willard Elementary. You can find the episode by going to our website, spokaneschools.org, and there is also a link at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. A couple of housekeeping notes. Please check your email inbox for the latest SPS family update that was sent out late last week. Lots of great info in there. Also, SPS is offering a bonus five-day meal kit for winter break for kids 18 and younger. This is the first time we've ever done something like this. We know the need out there is great. The bonus kits will be distributed Friday, December 18th from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. And you can find more information by going to spokaneschools.org meals. That's spokaneschools.org meals. And now let's get to my conversation with Brittany Haugen, the mental health therapist at Salk Middle School. And we even got a special surprise visit from her daughter around the nine minute mark. Super cute. Hope you enjoy. Let's just start off with you kind of describing what you do. Describe your work. Yeah. So I'm a mental therapist in the schools. And so I work with kids who are dealing with depression, anxiety, um, just any kind of social emotional problem. Um, majority of the time it's anxiety. Kids really struggle coming to school and being around peers and, and just learning how to communicate and having healthy relationships. And so I get a lot of anxiety. Okay, great. I can relate to that. Um, so, uh, so what inspired you to pursue the mental health field? I got into this field because I love being an advocate for students and families. I kind of took some courses and just kind of loved just the background of psychology and just understanding why people do what they do. And I love helping people try to strive to be the best version of themselves. And I transferred over to the school. I used to work at Frontier Behavioral Health and I transferred over to the schools because I love that I get to work with a team of people. Um, When I was at Frontier, I missed that connecting of like the staff at the school of counselors and the principal. And so um, it's really nice being able to communicate with everybody and everyone come together to support the student instead of me trying to track everybody down and play catch up. And so I feel as if when we work as a team, then it just supports the students even more. And you work with middle schoolers, right? I do, yeah. Uh, have you worked with any other age group? or? Yeah, you know, I worked um, in elementary when I first started out, um, but I love the middle school. Everyone says that it's super challenging, and I really love that they're still trying to find themselves. And so I have that buy-in where they're not too cool to come and see me, um, but they still are mature enough to kind of understand how the world works and how they're thinking and feeling and communicate that. And so the middle school, I, I just love it. Nice. Do you feel like, I I feel like maybe it's just because of 2020 and it's been so difficult, but the last few months and maybe even years, the like stigmatization of mental health and being able to ask for help has kind of maybe decreased a little bit. Have you seen that even with the kids where there's, you're seeing more kids or maybe they're more open? You know, due to COVID, I've been busier than I've ever been. I, the referrals are just coming at me. I think that kids in the springtime, I think that 
when I would reach out to them, I think they were uncomfortable and they didn't really know how to admit that, you know, this is hard and what that hard looks like. And so now I, I'm finding that some of those same names that got brought up last spring are now coming forward just saying, you know, it's not getting better and I need to be able to talk to someone and not feel so ashamed about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was leading into my next question with how has COVID changed your job? <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, um, it has been really hard. It limits my interactions with students. Usually in the school, I have an open door policy. I don't have set appointments with kids because if we have an appointment on a Friday, but something happened over the weekend and it's Monday, I don't want them to wait a week to come and see me. I want them to be able to come in and share what they need to share and get that support so they can feel successful and, you know, supported during the whole week. Um, now I have to have set appointments because you know, they're in classes and trying to keep everyone straight and helping them remember just not being able to be on that journey just face to face with them. I feel as if the connection is a little bit different, but I miss having that connection, that one on one face to face time. Um, so then that's that's been different. They also have the ability to turn off their cameras. And so sometimes you know, it's hard for me. I, I respect my students when they want to turn off the camera, but it's hard because I don't get to see their face. And so then I'm, you know, looking at a screen with a little, you know, person in a circle, like a, I know a, a lot of my kids are in anime. And so um, they'll have like a little character or something in there. Um, but I want to respect that for them because they're inviting me into their space. And so sometimes that's really hard. And I've heard students say that, you know, having, um, other kids in the classroom, seeing like their bedrooms or wherever they're at, um, makes them feel really uncomfortable because that's their safe setting. And so now we're, you know, all eyes are in, inside a place that has been deemed their little sanctuaries. And so that's been hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% understandable. So I know you mentioned anxiety is kind of what you see the most from the middle schoolers. Are there any other common um, mental health challenges that you've seen or like is there a specific type of anxiety that you see most often with the kids? You know a lot of panic attacks and I think sometimes students don't really know what anxiety is and what's happening or you know I, I see a lot of students too just don't know that or maybe never been told that it's okay to not be okay that when life is hard that doesn't mean that you're going to have anxiety forever or depression forever but it's okay to say that life is hard right now and to navigate especially during covid now you know we're throwing so much at them um so i see a lot of that and then just their inability to problem solve i think that's my biggest one they don't know how to communicate and that it's okay to feel upset with someone but how do we communicate that and to work through the problem um, majority of the time they do not know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Is there like a specific example without getting like too specific? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of, um, well, so-and-so said this. I'm like, well, how do you know that they said this? And they're like, well, because this, my friend told me this. And so, you know, help, helping them to understand that that telephone game is really dangerous. And so, you know, if you've heard information from a friend, what would you say if someone's talking bad about a friend in front of you, how do you shut it down and encourage them to go and talk to the friend that they're upset with? Um, you can be a listening ear, but then let's not, you know, continue the telephone game on. That is, I think, my biggest one with my students and um, majority of the time girls. So have you noticed, you know, starting with mental health sessions younger, do you feel like 
this kind of sets the kids up for the momentum to continue on like a mental health journey because I feel like you know getting therapy is such is more of a journey than a destination and it's about working it do you feel like now they feel a little more comfortable like continuing on later in life where it could be more helpful absolutely you know I think that I I get a lot of my referrals are just transfers, like going from one clinician to the next at the elementary middle school level. And it's like setting that foundation, those building blocks. And so those kids, you know, are used to that and that check-in and um, just helping them regulate themselves because sometimes that's really hard. And and that transition from elementary to middle school, kids really struggle with that because it looks so different in their day. And so kids, I think, because it's so exciting when you're little to have someone that pays attention to you, um, that one-on-one. And so I do have a lot of buy-in with um, my kids who have transferred in. I love that we're going to sixth, seventh, and eighth because now I have the kids for three years instead of two. I feel like I get them. And then the seventh and eighth grade year, I feel like there's a huge growth span that summer. I don't know why, but I feel as if they've come into themselves a little bit. And so they're a little bit more mature and um, um, ready to continue on that journey and then they go to high school and so then that makes it hard oh hi <laughs> say hello hey, can you come in the other room I'll be done in just a few minutes okay <laughs> there's another COVID challenge working from home um and have kids out of my own at home <laughs> yeah how what's that been like oh it's been it was hard in the beginning you know trying to balance my time because usually I'm mom just at home. And then I'm a therapist, you know, at school. So blending the two is really, it was really, really hard. Um, and so having to balance that out and just know like, it is okay for my kids to have screen time for a consecutive amount of hours. Like that's okay. Like no one's going to die from it. (laughs) They're going to be okay. Their brains aren't going to be warped. Like they're fine. So, um, so letting myself off the hook for that, that was a balancing act for me in the beginning. Do you feel like, I don't know if she like comes into some of your sessions, do you feel like it kind of helps put the kids at ease kind of seeing you like not so much as a therapist, but like also a real person? You know, we had some stuff happen last week where my daughter just needed me. And so instead of ending a session, I just, you know, um, put them on pause and then I went and dealt with it. And they're seeing to like in a little inside my world that I'm a real person and that, you know, here's a challenge I'm facing and, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm having to go and manage that. And then them understanding too, that like, I'm recognizing that their time's important, just like how they have to recognize my time's important at school. So it's kind of um, shifted a little bit. And so um, also, how do you practice patience when I can't give you my undivided attention, but I will give you 10 extra more minutes. And so they've been um, really, really great. And then it, I think it is nice for them to just see that I'm a mom and, you know, here's my kid. Because they, they ask me questions about myself all the time. And so now they get to see into that world a little bit. What are some triumphs you've experienced while being a mental health therapist? You know, a long time ago, before I transferred over to the schools, I had a student that I had to work within all of the systems in Spokane County. And, you know, life was just really hard for this student. And um, before I was transitioning on, um, all the pieces just kind of came together and we were able to um, get him into a a home environment that was more supportive and loving. And, you know, my heart just, it was really hard. It was like having my own child kind of thing, like just watching the growth from him. And then I felt like I need to stay for you, but I'm like, 
but I need to move on as well. And you're going to be okay. And so just to, to see that all come together, it just was so amazing. And then I actually ran into him downtown a couple of summers ago and he's graduated and he's older and he's doing well. And, um, it was just so cool to see that. Yay. Yeah. It's always nice when you can see like the impact that you've had on someone's life. Yeah. So a part of this is to show the community the different mental health services or programs that the district provides. What is so awesome about us being in the school is that we have like in real time access to what's going on in the school. And so we can help kids um, deescalate faster. We can check in with teachers and just really give them a wraparound support. So that has been such a rewarding thing um, for just for families too. Like if a parent is having problems getting a hold of someone, then they can call me and we can, you know, schedule a meeting. And so that's been really awesome. Um, and we also have drug and alcohol counselors. And so, you know, I'll screen for that and then we can make referrals, which is really nice. We have a heart program. Um, I've worked with them a few times um, for our homeless because I think that I did a lot of case management when before I became a therapist. And I think that that is crucial in community mental health because it's you cannot take care of your mental health needs when your basic needs aren't being met. And so, you know, making sure that, you know, these families have a place to live and, you know, gas vouchers for appointments and, you know, referrals to doctors and um, just all of those kinds of things, you know, food. Um, those are so much more important because you cannot take care of the other stuff if those things aren't met. And those are big stressors for parents. And so then, you know, the kids stress about it too. They know, they feel it. We also have, you know, our school psychologists and um, we have academic support teams. We have our behavior intervention rooms and then our school counselors. Gosh, they see way more students in a day than I do. The need is there. It's huge. We are busier than ever. Yeah, I honestly can't even imagine <laughs> what how many folks you guys are helping and everything you guys have to do. Um, what... What what is the process like if I'm a student or a parent that's like I think my child needs help they're feeling anxious or sad or lonely but like how do I get them that help so what is the next step that they can pursue you can call the school so I usually I get my referrals from the counselors but um if a parent calls and leaves me a message I just go and consult with the um, school counselors. I know sometimes kids refer themselves. They'll come and sit and go, oh, I, you know my friend. She comes and sees you. And I'm like, well, I can't confirm nor deny that, but <laughs> would you like to have someone to talk to? Um, you know, teachers at Salk, um, I'm, I'm just speaking about Salk because that's my experience. Um, they are so great at checking in and knowing their students. And I get a lot of referrals from them. They'll come by and casually, you know, mention just like, hey, I've been kind of concerned or they'll forward me emails about students right now that they're concerned with. I mean, they're really doing a, such a great job at recognizing and identifying those kids that are really struggling. Um they are great at paying attention and and developing relationships. So then when they make the referral, like the kids don't feel blindsided, they feel safe and supported or like they'll, the teachers will come with the student and we'll all talk together. So we just have such a great team at Salk. Do you think a lot of parents know that your job exists? 
you know, um, sometimes I feel like I need to do like a flyer and just kind of like put myself out there because for a while, no parents didn't know. And if parents have had it at the elementary level, I get a lot of phone calls like, oh, you know, my kid would love to have it again. I, I really think it's important. I think as time goes on and more of us are in the schools, I think parents are becoming more aware of it, especially during COVID now, when they ask for referrals, then our counselors can be like, oh, we have one here on site. And so um, that's been really great. Nice. What is something that you would want like families to know that kind of helps destigmatize like this thing around mental health? You know, and I, I just validate parents when they're having a hard time because like I struggle as a mom, you know, sometimes I want a, a person that's like not a part of my circle to be able to say, okay, you did this wrong and me not feel ashamed by it. Right. Because we all make um, mistakes and we all need to learn and to grow. And so that is my goal for people is to kind of understand that it's so healthy to have someone to talk to and that it's everyone's not okay. There are moments where everybody struggles and when the problem becomes bigger, then let's work on it because it's, it won't continue to snowball. And so then, um, you can get it out there. We can, you know, work on that. And then maybe, maybe that's all you need. I mean, I, I've seen a therapist before just because, you know, as a mom, that was new, it was challenging or, you know, sometimes in this job, I hear and see a lot of hard things. And so I can't tell my friends and my family and my husband about that. And so I need to just go and have someone who knows what I do to help normalize and kind of help me to gather my thoughts and just know like, okay, how do I move forward? Because sometimes I get stuck and how do we get unstuck? And so um, I try to have that be my buy-in with parents and um, just let them know, like, you know, I'm, I'm just here to listen because it feels good to listen. Because when you're in the problem, it is hard to kind of see what it could be, like when it's healthy and when it's great. And so that's what I do. How have you been able to kind of stay balanced and grounded during this tough time? You know, I start, I really had a lot of anxiety when all of this happened because I didn't know how to juggle everything. And I had to be able to say like, I'm not okay right now either. And, and check in with myself more often because I tell my students to do that, but I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm a fraud. And so um, calling my friends and my support team, that's what I always tell my students is who can you call? And so I needed to do that and laugh with my friends um, and get out of my routine a little bit. I think that I try to schedule my day and I'm like, we need to break this up and have a little fun. And so trying to do that. Mm -hmm. What's the like the air, the airplane analogy, the filling oh, the, the oxygen masks when it comes down and you put it on first. I know I tell my students that all the time. So I have this, you have to take care of yourself before you can help others. And I didn't realize how true that was until I was at home and I'm mom and a therapist and they're blending together. And my work day was just, you know, there's no end to it, you know? And so that was really hard. It's like, okay, I'm shutting the computer down, no more emails. And I needed to get that guilty you know, no one was making me feel guilty other than myself. And so I needed to tell myself no more. And that um, if it's pressing, they all know how to get a hold of me. And so take a break and take more of them because I tell my students that and their families all the time, <laughs> step away from it and come back. And so then I had to do that. And it was easier when the weather was nicer and then you could be outside. 
And I think all of these students, everyone thinks that they have to be okay. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not okay. Like, you, yeah. you don't have to be okay. <laughs> yeah, nothing about this is normal. It's okay no, if you don't feel out of sorts. And I think yeah. people have a hard time saying that life is hard. You know, I mean, we're, we're expected to just kind of figure it out and move forward and deal with it. And sometimes we can't deal with it. And, and so I want people to understand that, like, it is okay to not have to deal with this on your own, because sometimes we don't have a support system. You know, there are a lot of people like families that I come in contact with that they don't have outside other than like, it's like a single mom raising their kids all by herself. And so there is no support team. And so, um, you need that support team. And I do offer that a lot to parents, like call me and tell me like, this was hard today and let's talk about it because I might not be your therapist, but that doesn't mean that you can't call and say, wow, today was a bad day and I'm really struggling. And this is what is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel it's like that dual thing of like, you don't want to be a a burden. Like if you're someone who doesn't have a big support team, like you don't want to put more on them. And then there's the other side where, like you don't want to complain because you're yeah. maybe like more fortunate. And it's like, what do I have to complain about? And, you know, yeah. I, I hear that from my kids, like, especially like with trauma, because, you know, kids will be like, well, you know, I, I don't have as, as bad as so-and-so, but I'm like, but this is your bad. And it's okay for you to say that this is hard for me. It might not be as hard as what this person's going through, but this is what I'm going through. And this is hard because we all have different starts. And so this is where you're starting from. And we're not starting from where other people are. It's where you are at. And so how do we navigate through this? Because um, uh, kids often feel guilty about that. Like, I shouldn't talk to you because my problems aren't as big as this person's. But I'm like, but it's okay that they're not because this is what's hard for you. Okay, so um, kind of the final part that we're also trying to convey with this series is offer some really usable tips or strategies for people like maybe they, I don't know, can get to a therapist or, you know, they have to wait like a whole week or something. So just some things, just some tips to either help them if they're feeling sad or anxious. I do a lot of mindfulness and yoga with my students. If they come in and say, um, I'm really struggling today, then we're not talking. We are doing something to be calming um, ourselves and our minds and, um, you know, just kind of doing that check-in with ourselves. Um, I encourage our students all the time, like, ask for help when you need it. It is okay. I'm having to do that too. Um, Recognize when, you know what, I'm feeling a little out of sorts today. I need to call somebody. Are there any go-to yoga poses or breathing exercises that, you know, work really well? Well, I do a lot of grounding techniques, like where you kind of look and touch and the taste and the feel, like taking all your five senses together. I have peppermint candies usually in my office. And so that's their taste is, you know, tasting something like that and describing it. Um, So it can be really simple, like me sitting here, like if I'm really distracted, I can be like, okay, where am I at right now? And then my students will be like, oh, I, I can see your your computer, I can see, you know, um, I have dice right here, your phone, and they kind of walk themselves through the five senses to kind of help stabilize them and get them to recognize that like, okay, 
here is my reality. This is what's going on and where I'm at. And so I know not a lot of people have this, but I have the Calm app and I use that with students where you put on some music and then you kind of just go through the guided meditation of the breathing and just kind of clearing your mind. So you can YouTube any of that stuff because I have my kids do it all the time um, is YouTubing just some guided meditation and just laying down and breathing. And then when kids are super anxious, we have a virtual reality um, headset at Salk, which is super, it's so cool. So when teacher, even teachers, when they're feeling out of sorts, even like with our students and stuff, um, we'll have them sit there and they do the virtual reality. It's amazing. And we have them rate like where they're feeling and then afterwards. And it is so cool. The kids love it. It's been so effective. <laughs> yeah, those are all great tips. I love talking about mental health. I think it's so important. And, um, I mean, I even talk about it with my own kids. We do Cosmic Kids Yoga because, you know, sometimes my little guy, I mean, his world is changed, right? I mean, he's six. And so trying to get him to understand that, like, how do you recognize that your body feels weird? And what does that mean? And what do you do about it? Because sometimes little kids can't describe it. And so how do we get that out? And, you know, how do we calm ourselves? And, and so just recognizing that. Yeah, no. Thank you so much for talking to me. I think this would be super helpful. Good. It felt, it felt helpful to me. Good. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> a big thank you to Brittany for the great chat about stuff we could probably all hear right about now. I could have talked to her for two more hours at least. Be sure to follow SPS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information on our next episode and for more information about what's happening around the district. Have a great day.